Hello everyone, you're listening to Lunar Stream. I'm your host, Matthew Breland, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Toya Nomura and Justin Doherty. Uh, Toya, what's happening? Hey, hey, what's up? So this week I'm going to take a back seat, and we're letting our longtime editor, Matthew, take the reins and uh, go at it this episode. Hey, great to be here. Uh, yeah, how about you, Justin? I'm doing fantastic, guys. I just I feel blessed, and I'm happy to be here. Alrighty, well, yeah, thanks for coming, and um, today's topic, we're going to be going and diving into uh, financials, specifically with regard to COVID and how that's affecting our movement's financials. A very riveting topic, I know. (laughs) Well, I mean, if you talk about money in our church, it doesn't really provide positive connotations at all. So, is it it good? Is it good? Is it bad? Yeah. Yeah, so, people don't so like talking about money with family, and they, uh, they, they definitely don't like talking about it with <laughs> church and religion. That is so true. Yeah, well, it's the it's the family church, the family family. <laughs> That's why we don't talk about money in this. The worst of both worlds. <laughs> so, so what's happening, right. Matthew? What what's exactly happening? Can you give us a rundown? Yeah, yeah. Let me give a little bit of uh, background information uh, for people that might not know what's happening. Uh, So, for instance, if you knew nothing about what COVID is or what's going on, basically, there's a global pandemic that's been happening for the past couple of years uh, that's been making a lot of people very uh, scared and uh, and affecting a lot of people. And that has had impacts on the business world across all the different uh, places and things and nations and all those different uh, great things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, uh, it seems like the uh, church is no exception to that rule. A huge portion of the uh, national budget uh, for our headquarters is actually funded. And I, I was kind of surprised by that. Uh, a majority of it is funded by church businesses, uh, not by personal donations. Um, that's more of a local thing. Uh, actually, mm. very little of the personal donations actually makes it all the way up to headquarters. So the national really? headquarters team has been heavily impacted uh, by the impact that COVID has been making to businesses. And of course, some businesses have been doing better than others, um, right. but some businesses are devastated mm. uh, by the kind of quarantines and, uh, and the lack of travel and everything like that. Um, one business that uh, True Mother specifically called out uh, a few months ago uh, during one of the uh, 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 during uh, one of the um, uh, I'm, I'm I'm blanking. What's the name of the dresses? Uh, yeah, what are the keynotes? Uh, keynotes speech. The yeah. Keynotes, yeah. Exactly. Uh, uh, she really re- reaffirmed the commitment um, that the New Yorker Hotel, uh, which has been a tremendous boon to the national headquarters uh, financial bottom mm. line for their donations, uh, mm. that we can't allow it to fall under. And of course, a hotel, uh, we can all know exactly why a pandemic uh, on a global scale might be impacting the um, <laughs> hotel's business. Right, right. I think it's crazy, though, that like, um, like the church is only that the church keeps losing money. You know what I mean? And I think it's it's not a problem that has been because of COVID. I think COVID exacerbated the problem, but I think the church has always been pretty <laughs> with their with their financial situation. Uh, to be to be honest and frank, mm-hmm. I'm I'm really surprised that most of the donations don't make it up to headquarters. Is is that because they they're absorbed by their local communities and and what does that mean? Like the 
the tithe is used in the local community and then 10% of that is sent to headquarters. Is that how that works? Yeah, yeah. So I kind of learned a little bit about this uh, serving as a council member for my local church community um, in Connecticut. And um, yeah, so the financials basically break down to, you know, 90% of the local tithe uh, goes to the local community and is used for budgets and salaries and pastorships and programs and everything like that. And then the local church will then tithe, do their own tithe up the chain. So they're giving 10% of the revenue uh, to national headquarters. And that's also been a little bit complicated by the recent reorganizations where there's now like a sub-region level. Uh, mm-hmm. Until now, the sub-region, oh, uh, well, until I say now, until a few years ago, the sub-region has kind of been uh, eating up some of that tithe to the national level. Uh, but recently, um, the headquarters has asked that all local uh, communities tithe 10% to the national level and 10% to the sub-region level. So it's kind of split so, up now, but that's the basic breakdown. So uh, 20% in total, not five and on each. Yeah, and then you have to factor in your fixed costs like rent um, and, yeah, salaries and stuff like that. So the actual money that's probably going to your local community is probably around 20%, 25%. Maybe even less. Wow. Dang. Well, now, uh, I know uh, the sub-region portion of this is a bit recent, so mm-hmm. I don't know if all local communities have actually started doing it. <laughs> um uh, I know for Bridgeport, we had to, uh, for Connecticut, we really had to go a lot of discussions and we were able to make that happen. But uh, I don't know if other communities are quite as agile as we, as we are. So, Matthew, do you think the church has a money problem? Like in, in, the, in the sense that like the way we're spending it, the way we're using it, do you think there's a problem? Or do you think it's just uniquely because of the global pandemic? Because you're bringing up all these all these I facts mean, there's right def- now. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely it doesn't feel great that um, you know a national organization like this has to rely on business donations over uh, personal donations, especially when it comes to the fact that you know it's a church, it's a kind of religious organization. It should be kind of coming due to the will of people, uh, not necessarily just because it made a lot of smart investments or we have a lot of good businessmen in our community. Mm. Um. <laughs> so, so the, so you said that the, the businesses are tithing. So it's not, it's not like what I was imagining. When you said a lot of the money comes from businesses. I was thinking that there's like, for example, the New Yorker hotel that their profit would be then sent to headquarters. Right, that's what I thought too. Because I but, thought, but the, you're the saying church... it's a tithe on their profit to headquarters. Yeah, I mean, I don't have access to the financials of any specific business to see exactly how much a percentage <laughs> yeah. they're giving or anything like that. But um, yeah, they 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 are independent companies, from what I understand, and they do kind of run their own affairs. They just also um, try to uh, give uh, charity uh, donations to uh, to the church, and that's a big that portion sense. of the national budget, like True World Foods or something. Uh, well, called? so the fishing thing. Yeah, that that one's a little bit of a, a special case, but uh, yeah, there are certain like, for instance, fishing related businesses um, that uh, True Father and, and church members started once upon a time. Uh, of course, the New Yorker is an example of yeah, church members basically uh, buying that property and then renovating it with uh, in, uh, investing ex- tremendous man hours to do so. My father included. 
Um, he was a construction worker uh, in the New Yorker during that time period uh, and other things like that. Wow. Legacy. Yeah. Yeah. I think my dad and my mom were also there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But I, th- I think it's crazy, though, that that the church keeps losing money in the in this sense and that like it's it's I think it's just so frustrating. Right. Because it's like, you know, the value of the money that we're giving, but only to know that it's getting screwed over. You know what I mean? Because, like, our parents don't make a lot of money. We don't make a lot of money. And to see, like, our hard-earned, like, money, like, our cash that we work for, that we donate, just suddenly go, it, I think it's really frustrating. And I think a lot of people share would share the same sentiment, right? Well, I mean, it kind of sounds like that's not happening, though. <laughs> it's not. It's not really even getting there. <laughs> it's like a small so like if you donate a hundred dollars ten ten dollars of that in theory would you know go up the line twenty dollars yeah i guess now twenty dollars right would would go away but most of it would it stays in your local community right yeah that's but even then you have eighty dollars right but then eighty dollars divide that between rent salaries and other other costs how much how much money do you really have right well, I mean, to, the rent that's not, back into your com- the rent community. is that's an important part of the community, you know, the, the, the center itself. I, I don't think that's that makes it uh, no, but that's a, that's contribution. Just but that's a, that's a fixed cost, though, is what I'm saying is is because rent is always going to be constant, right? Yeah, I'm just saying it's like, an overhead. Uh, it's an overhead cost to provide the service of church, right? So I'm saying the, with the extra, the building itself provides a lot of value in the sense of like what you can do with mm. it, like you know, our local. Uh, and I'm in Norfolk, Virginia at the moment, and the local church here, not right now because there's nobody really here, but in the past it did all kinds of stuff and it we didn't need any money to use it other than, you know, the tithe that went to pay the rent and stuff. But like mm-hmm. we didn't feel the lacking of financial support just because we weren't getting any money, uh, you know, while we were using that center and it still provided us with so much value in our mm-hmm. youth. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm not saying I know what you're I know what you're pointing at. You're saying there's not much money left over to do like extra projects, like right or innovate know. is what I'm saying. Yeah. So I, I get that. I'm just saying, but don't mm-hmm. overlook the value of a of right, a church right. center in a community. I think I think that's still a you know an important thing to have. It and in Bridgeport, there have been mm-hmm. times where there wasn't one really. Isn't isn't there one? Isn't there none right now? Kind of, yeah. There kind of isn't one now. I mean, there oh sort of is, and there sort of isn't. Uh, as we're, you know, kind of recording this now, uh, in October of 2021. Um, yeah, they they're kind of renting slash borrowing a space every once in a while, but it, yeah, there isn't a a center to speak of, really. Yeah, a place to call home, right? Yeah, yeah. and it, you know, you, you, there's an impact. Hmm. But what do you think of all this, Justin? You've been relatively quiet about the. I feel like yeah, you've just well, been absorbing. Uh, you know, I'm I'm glad to be compared to a great man like Justin. Uh, being mistaken <laughs> for his identity is uh, is amazing. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a really tricky thing because just just need just you know money is resources, right? Money is time and effort. Money is uh, is the ability to actually be able to do things in the physical world, and there's just not enough of it <laughs> in, every, in every, in every field, uh, in every field. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think, you know, there's also an aspect of this where if the majority of headquarters budget is mm-hmm. not coming from um, the actual members themselves on a local basis, then, you know, it's important 
to remember that for any for any organization, right, wherever they get their funding from, that's going to, who they're going to cater to the most. Um, and I, whether it's unconscious or conscious, whether it's you know in, intentional or unintentional, we got to remember that if you know, I'm going to just say a random number, don't hold me to it. If they're getting like 20% of their income from uh, direct donations from the communities and 80% from businesses, then that's where the, that's, there's going to be an effect on what they do and what their policy is as a result, because that's who they need to keep and work with and everything like that. Um, Toya, have you felt that effect? What? I feel the the effect that uh, most of their their focus is going to be on supporting those businesses rather than local. Well, food. I don't care if they re- support the businesses because at the, ultimately, at the end of the day, like if if we have if the church can operate and manage businesses successfully, that means it's better for us, right? That means we can hire in house too. You know, we can hire talented church members to pro- uh, help um, cr- mm. create and sustain and pro- uh, proliferate our. our businesses but i don't think that's what's happening and i think from my understanding is that the businesses even though they're separate entities their main goal uh is to sustain uh profit for the movement right that i thought i I thought that's what i've been thinking from my understanding is what these businesses have been propped up to do i've been talking to other older second gens who's said similar things before so but i don't know if it's if it's the case specifically now but even then, it'd be dope if the if the church, you know, gave back and put money into worthwhile into these businesses. But these, I feel like these businesses are falling flat in the face, and it doesn't make sense to sell because, uh, like if if you if anyone's been to New York, right, the the New Yorker takes about like what half like a quarter of a block, almost half a block. Yeah, it, it's uh, yeah. pretty it's pretty massive, it's, and so it's pretty substantial. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, real estate that size with that many, uh, with that much surface area goes for like hundreds of millions of dollars. So it's in the center of Manhattan, exactly downtown uh, New York, yeah. and so it's it's got to be worth a serious chunk of change. Of course, and that's just the cash value liquidation at liquidation, right? But if we consider the future value, you know, and the prolonged long term value of it, yeah, I mean, I it's kind of priceless. It's pri- it's priceless, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you can't, you know, we if we sold it, there is a very low likelihood that we will be able to get it back. Mm. By the way, uh, it, I believe there is there is uh, talk in headquarters of selling it. Is that right? Is that what? Yeah, so to give an idea of where we're coming from with this idea of selling the New Yorker, um, you know, because the hotel is having such uh, financial troubles, I mean, a lot of hotels have gone belly up as a result of the COVID situation. Oh, yeah. Because the tourism industry has been devastated, mm. um, but True Mother specifically has called out the New Yorker by name that you know, kind of, it cannot be allowed to uh, to be sold under any circumstances, um, no matter the reason. And so, what that's meant is that now, uh, you know, so the New Yorker, in order to survive, it's having to take, and any hotel, and a lot of businesses nowadays have to take loans in order to survive. And uh, the you know and of course I think they're trying to get to get loans from regular banks and everything like that. But um, also there is you know the businesses in Asia, uh, Korea, and Japan that kind of financial uh, the financial instruments that are over there as well that have various church members running them or owning them that are willing to make those loans. At least they have until now. Um, but the question becomes uh, as we're looking forward, there's certain there's definitely. Uh, word is that there's a lot of concern 
over whether they'll continue to uh, give those loans. That's probably what True Mother was talking to, uh, being like, we need to support the Yonko any way possible. Um, mm. But it seems like the way that discussion is going is they need to have some, uh, some good faith uh, on the American side of things that were, you know, we were good to pay, they were, they were giving an effort. And so there's been discussions about, well, what can be sold? What, how can we generate funds uh, across this business community to support uh, this New Yorker, that, this hotel that is in a lot of ways priceless, um, like Toya was saying. And that seems to be where the discussion is going. Because if something has to be sold, then it shouldn't, uh, we, it can't be that one. Mother's made how many, how many members are in the United States? I don't know. Thousand, ten thousand, hundred thousand. No, not not a hundred thousand. Active or like? Yeah, sure, yeah. Active. Uh, it's probably just a few thousand. A few thousand. Yeah. Darn. Okay. I was like, if we were dealing with bigger numbers here, I was like, well, half of us are walking around. I mean, a good number of us are walking around with a spare kidney. I just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think this is. I think this conversation seriously parallels what's that, what, what's been happening in DC too, like like, and the talks about them sell, trying to sell the DC church, and them you know you know chickening doing the chicken dance around around that whole whole thing but yeah i don't know i just think it's just poor property management from the beginning from the onset right not not just the new yorker but like you know all the church properties in general around the world you know when uh true father was buying them up uh when they were cheap as cheap as crap so it feels really unfortunate that we're resorted to sell them (laughs) like uh yeah, like Kodiak got part of Kodiak got sold um, that we owned a bunch of what, what where is um where is East Garden located? Uh, what's that town called? New York. No, what's that uh, town Terry called? Town? Yeah, yeah, ter- yeah, like Terrytown. A bunch of it was was apparently a church property at some point, and then they sold it off bit by bit by bit. And even now, the last remaining houses yeah. that the church owned are sold. So it's like a big middle finger, I feel like. <laughs> you know, I wonder if this, this big financial impact is partially due to uh, what happened those years ago when uh, True Father's son went in and took a bunch of stuff and sold it. What are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a big part of it. Uh, so we're talking about when uh, the uh, Hyunjin Nim, uh, or Preston Nim, oh. as he's called. Uh, by, H1? Uh, uh, it's kind of a nickname. H1 also is another phrase for him. Um, kind of uh, split uh, with his father uh, in the in the kind of the more recent history uh, of the movement, mm. and uh, took with him a lot of uh, business and financial assets from followers who uh, his followers who split with him uh, and were in key positions in those various businesses. Um, and there's been ongoing court cases uh, pretty much since then <laughs> regarding oh like all the all this stuff um to determine whether any of that stuff was when any of those actions were legal or um but i heard a lot of those businesses we got back were kind of useless because he had liquidated anything that was valuable within them mm. yeah i mean a lot of it can never be gotten back because it was pretty much liquidated immediately to fund uh kind of the gen the to fund the split basically to let him get a new property out in the west coast and uh, and get everything set up uh, and start moving for moving in his own direction um, so yeah, unfortunately, yeah, the, the, the just empty buildings rather than a functioning business or, or, or even worse. I heard we bought them back with 
with uh, liens attached to it. So debt, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Over the, over the course of the court cases, some some properties were able to be gotten back and some businesses were able to be gotten back. And definitely they run the gamut of what was actually still worth it at that point. Mm. Um, of course, I don't. I don't know the specifics, unfortunately, but um, yeah, this is it's all it's all kinds of messed up. But core point is that church, church the church, the church being in a, a financial situation now ha- isn't a new thing, right? So, what do you, what? So Matthew, what what's the writing on the wall? The writing on the wall. Yeah. What What do you think is going to happen? I mean. I think what we're hearing it seems to be a pretty strong direction, and I don't know. Maybe Trumada will say something tomorrow, but I, I highly doubt it. That, <laughs> you know, all power is going to be taken to try to keep the New Yorker afloat, and any loan that the business might need uh, will be mm-hmm. supplied by all of our other, you know, businesses within uh, within the umbrella of members that care about the about the international movement. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that they've made it clear uh, a lot of these businessmen from East Asia that America needs to do something. And I can't think of any other way that, that a bunch of money can be generated except for selling really beloved and historic properties. Um, and that seems mm. to be the writing on the wall. I mean, Oof. you know, I hate to say it because, uh, you know, I, I'm, I am a, uh, an actual student at the Unification Theological Seminary. Um, mm-hmm. which is kind of a, uh, a program that we have to raise pastors and so on and train them. Right. Basically what a seminary does, just in the unificationist tradition. And we have an amazing property up in upstate New York, um, the property that my father went to and got his uh, master's degree in, um, and a property that I've spent many workshops that served the community here in New England and New York and New Jersey, the tri-state area, very favorably. Um, mm. And, you know, I can remember some amazing spiritual experiences um, you know, I remember looking at the stars for the first time as a city boy, uh, <laughs> you can see, um, just, you can see the entire cosmos, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I think all of us, all of us members have to have, have to think about what is what, you know, are we willing to sacrifice? <laughs> it's not even, are we willing to sacrifice? Are we willing to let go of there's such a tremendous amount of sentiment around all of these properties. And like, I have such a tie to UTS, but I know people that have similar ties to morning garden and similar ties to Pasadena house and Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, Kodiak uh, that I might not share, but I can understand that because I love UTS so much, but um, you know, if these properties have to be sold, something's going to have to go. And yeah. Are we willing to do that? Uh, like the the ACLC much? building in Washington, if it's if it hasn't already been sold, the Upshur House. You, the Upshur House hasn't been sold. I don't think it's still Maybe. there. I think the members that live there pay for it, but I hope so. Well, I, I don't know. Hopes that they pay for it. I mean, that's I don't. I'm neutral about whatever that is. I'm just. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying. I hope it's still there. Oh, yeah. I think it's I unfortunate know. that we're being pushed into this kind of uh, do or die kind of situation, and it's. I think it's really unsettling um, because it just, it just feels like the church just wastes money on doing these big uh, pompous, uh, what is it? Um, rallies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, these rallies, these big... Um, well, yeah, I wonder how much we spent on getting Trump to show up, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's possible we just invited him 
and he fell flatter than he came. Uh, but it's it's more likely that uh, it was a paid appearance for sure. Yeah, and uh, yeah. and on average, um, what is it? Ex presidents, former presidents of the United States get uh, at least four hundred thousand dollars for coming on and speaking at an event. So. I wonder, you know, I don't think the church has always been in this kind of a financial state. I mean, you said that earlier. I, I definitely know that for a lot of, you know, since I've been like 15 or something, I've heard of the church, you know, having to sell off important things. Like when True Mother sold her, you know, giant helicopter. Um, but there was a point where we bought a giant helicopter. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> it was like a $350 million thing, right? Like, where did we get the $350 million to buy that? And also building um, Chungpyong, like, it's like a city now, you know? So I just feel like, where, where do, you know, we haven't always been struggling. I just think... Uh... No, I think Asia, like in Korea, Korea doesn't struggle for money because they have a dedicated financial group called the Tongyo Group, right? That... It's a small conglomerate that man that manages the businesses and creates and generates a majority of the profits, right? So you know the Chumbo one, that big stadium, that arena, they rent it out for uh, filming movies, for filming music videos, for whatever the occasion, right? And it's just a it's a venue that you can rent out, right? Yeah. And they and they have you know the what is the the cola company, whatever Mikol. I don't know how much money that makes. But like, you know, and they own a bunch of other properties in Korea that generate tons of cash. Right. Cool. So they're able to, by the way, it is, if you ever, if you ever, if you want to send just on Darty some coal, uh, please do. I can't find it in my area. <laughs> Go to my Asian stores and they don't have it. So yeah, I'll bring you, I'll bring you some next time, just on, uh, but no, yeah, too. I'll take some of too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like all these properties and uh, all these uh, so the Korean side of the church gets propped up by all these properties and the property management and like the business side of it right but in America we don't really have that right and other small communities around the world I know Spain in particular they have um, a really nice beautiful property there that they also rent out and they do the same thing and they make money on it right but I just feel like there's there hasn't been that initiative or that drive in America so to say to like uh, can like, you know, pro proliferate the business side and make it profitable and, you know, and continue to invest in the church-owned businesses, mm -hmm. which I think has yeah. been the big downfall. Yeah, and I mean, this has been an issue that probably has been going on for, uh, as I've heard memories about it for my entire life, and it's kind of been kicked down the can, but, um, you know, these properties that we have aren't really commercialized. They, they don't really serve an outsize uh, importance. And I'll even say for UTS as an example, like I attend the seminary, but um, you know, it's, it's not necessarily big enough in its current state to justify having a property as big as the one that it has in upstate New York, a university, you know, basically university sized campus. Um, and so it's always been a tough question of if, if we're not using these properties to the fullest potential, but we're also still maintaining them, um, you know what? What are we going to do about them? Do with them? And I feel like that question has been kicked down the road for a long time until now. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I mean, when I first heard that that they were looking to sell UTS uh, in Barrytown, I was I was pretty sad, and Same. I was just I was just like, you guys can't do that. Like that place is so special. It's sacred. Um, yeah, 
And also, you know, if it's just a money pit and the church is losing money and on all the time, then on the same note, like, yeah, it's cool to have a workshop every once in a while, but is if it's costing us a ton, then like Toya likes to put out all the time, that money could be going to more meaningful things, more impactful things, things that, that we really need more on a local level with our communities. Mm. And so it's like, well, it might feel like, oh no, it's worth it. We got to keep it no matter what. But if it's bringing our community down, right? If it's, if it's just, we're just losing money to it, then it's not really like the Manhattan center was connected to New Yorker and we sold the Manhattan center. Is that correct? Am I remembering that right? How do you sell a portion of the building? I don't recall that. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I, I didn't hear about that. If that happened. I remember talking to someone about it and I was like, oh, why don't we have it at the Manhattan Center? And they were like, oh, that's not ours anymore. We sold the Manhattan Center. I don't know. That might be true. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Well, someone will email us and let us know. And then I'll attach it to the description. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. It's just, I, I'm just super frustrated, super bummed that we have to like come to this situation, right? Because mm-hmm. we have so many beautiful properties that uh, we like that the church has been able to acquire through the wisdom and guidance of, of True Father and through like the hard earned uh, fundraising efforts and dedication and, and, you know, sincere devotion by our past, me- past and present members, right? And to just yeah. to see that go, just it just feels like a substantial loss. You know what I mean? Like we 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 bought it with restored money, so it's technically restored, and then we have to sell it, and so it's back into the you know the fallen fallen world, so quote unquote. Um, yeah. I, and I and I just have so much fr- like frustration and anger, but you know that's just me. Um, so what would, what would you rather see go, the New Yorker building or the UTS? Well, if I had to pick the two, I think the yeah, New Yorker would be the would the be the obvious know. one to keep the keep oh to keep okay right but i mean like we you know we can't can't have winter workshops at the new yorker who says you can't <laughs> i mean that'd be that'd be living in style yeah i mean it'd be really nice like rather than sleeping in sleeping bags in the dorms it'd be like everyone has hotel rooms but <laughs> i just uh, i don't i don't see that happening it just right right i'm pretty sure we'd have to pay for the rooms in some way and it just would mm. make the the workshop just unaffordable. So I, yeah. I just don't think that yeah. would really happen. Hmm. I mean, it. I'm really shocked that that uh, tithing is it doesn't have a bigger impact. I mean, it makes sense that only such a small amount. I guess I thought more went to headquarters. But why would um, more go into headquarters though? That 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 wouldn't make sense to me. I just I just I just assumed without thinking that probably half goes to headquarters because uh-huh. why not? I don't know. um yeah they're actually thinking of selling the local church here in norfolk virginia um seriously why money on up because you know uh it probably gets used less than once a month yeah but it's not like it's not even it's it's not a den in the water or or, you know it's not a splash in the pool yeah the amount of money i guess yeah yeah, yeah. probably get like 60 or eighty thousand dollars for the property no no no. i mean the property yeah that's what i'm saying it's 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 nothing. Yeah, it's nothing. But also, uh, on the tithing side of things, it's just uh, there's. I don't know that there's enough tithe to really keep it keep it afloat. Do you guys tithe? Do oh, do I personally tithe? Yeah. No, I don't. If I have twenty dollars in my wallet, I'll always tithe. But that's me. No, I don't tithe. 
I've uh, I I always tithe. I've been I was conditioned Ooh. early, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna working me. man. Tithe. I was I was conditioned as well, but I don't don't tithe. I don't know. I uh, I I I kind of did when I was younger, um, but I, I had some interesting experiences around money, and so uh, I, I had this kind of this kind of spiteful angriness around uh, tithing, where it was like. Uh, I kind of was sort of in a way forced to tithe, but to my family as a kid. Uh, mm. on, on, against teenager. your will? Against yeah, your will. like, yeah, a certain certain portion of money was taken from me. Uh, <sighs> That's the worst. Every once in a while, whenever it was needed to support the family as a kid. And I just kind of was like, well, most of what I make is disappearing anyway. I'm not going to give the last little bit I have left. I'm not going to tithe 10% of what I made when... 80% of it has already been taken and give 10% to God. And you left with 10%. This is ridiculous. Here, you can have a dollar. Yeah. Um, but then when I stopped tithing and I was like, yeah, I'm done tithing, was I was overseas. I'm not going to say which community, but if you've been listening to the podcast, you know which community. And uh, I saw the way that they abused money and mismanaged money. All the time money would come from events or be gifts from true mother or one of true mother's daughters would like write a check and say, this is for the second generation. I want them to go to the movies and buy candy and just have fun with it. And this money is for, you know, the young adults. I want them to have workshops and do this and do that. And this money is for the leaders. I want them to, you know, do service events and, and host, you know, whatever. And then um, I was a youth pastor in that community. I went to get the money and they were like, we spent it. I was like, you spent all of it? It's been like four days. How did you spend all of it? There was a thousand dollars. And they were like, um, we spent it. I'm like, all of it. Like, okay, there's there's like three hundred dollars left. I'm like, great, give me the three hundred dollars. They're like, no. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean, no? <laughs> like, what? So, um, yeah, and I just I saw how they were spending money. The things that they valued did not reflect what the community needed. Um, they took very good care of their, you know, the leader that lived on the property. They would, you, you know, you mean you mean he took care of himself? Yeah, he took care of himself exactly. Like you know, he had really nice amenities and a nice car, and and, and you know, uh, the rest of the is very hot country, and the rest of the place didn't have air conditioning in any of the rooms. Not even even some of the lecture rooms had like broken air conditioners where we would bring our guests in, where it couldn't really cool the room down. Yet his was maintained and brand new and fresh. If it ever broke down, immediately would get it fixed, um, and he you know ran it all the time and stuff. So I just felt like it's ridiculous. He's trying to live like he's in, I'm not going to say what country that he thinks he's in, but a country that's not the country he's in. Um, and money is being redirected from what it should be going to for where it would make a real impact, right? Where every dollar here goes so much further and you're and you're taking it away for something so meaningless. Um, and, it, and it's not that big of a deal. I suffered with it. My house didn't have air conditioning or is there at all. No rooms, no broken air conditioner or anything. We just had a fan. So, like, just adjust to the, the world you're living in, bro. Like, um, so it just really bothered me. And I was like, there is not, there's no way in hell I am going to take money out of my wallet and put it in this dish because then it's going to go to those guys, those leaders, and they're not distributing the money appropriately. 
they're just doing what they want. They would oft, yeah. It was I could we've I could talk about it forever. I've talked about it yes, a bunch of can. other episodes, so I'm not going to go deep into it again. You've already heard me. I'm sure people are skipping forward. Like, oh yeah, Justin and this. Yeah. Um, Check out our earlier episodes if you want to hear Justin <laughs> rant further about it. Anyway, Matthew, what goes down in your community? You said you're the councilman, right? So how does the money get spent locally at your level? Yes. Yeah, so how I'm does our tithe? No, I'm just going to say, hold on. I, it's, I don't tithe, but I did take money, my own money all the time and spend it on my youth in, the, in the, where I was in that other country. I would spend my own money all the time, and I felt that that was an accurate way to tithe. And I did, I did the mm. same in the Bridgeport community as well. I, I didn't tithe. Not that I didn't trust those leaders to do right. I just didn't know. And I wanted to suss things out. And um, I would spend my own money on my, my youth ministry there as well. Um, mm. And I didn't look to get reimbursed and stuff like that. So, mm. yeah, I think, um, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. I don't tithe, but there's a reason why. It's not like, oh, I'm just greedy and I just don't want to give anything to God. I just like, <laughs> I just didn't, I don't have the faith that the way the money is going to be used is going to reflect the way that I think it should be used. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. There's probably someone who's like emailing me. You're wrong. <laughs> <All right. laughs> anyway, Matthew, Sorry. you were going to say you're the, you're the councilman. The councilman. I mean, I think there is a reason why, you know, abuse of public funds is like what one of the one of the three things that uh, True Father said was like unforgivable or something. Mm-hmm. I, I, I might be using too strong of language, but it was like, you know, we're paraphrasing. Hard. Uh, yeah. And, and abusing public funds is like unacceptable because it, it really is you're 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 acting in the position you're supposed to, this money was donated for a specific purpose and you are absolutely completely betraying that. Um, mm. And it's, it's just the worst kind of, worst kind of uh, responsibility. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, but... so councilman, councilman Matthew, could you tell us how the, the dividends of the tithe and what happened? I think your... it's kind of interesting because I think that we probably pay a lot less in real estate than most um, most communities have to deal with. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> There's no real estate to pay. There is no real estate. <laughs> yeah. We uh, we we rent from uh, 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 we we rent from places that have very favorable relationships with us and give us a great uh, give us a tremendously good rate. Um, so yeah, we basically don't wait. Wait, have, wait. Uh, isn't isn't U- UB like under like there's there isn't aren't they selling anymore? You UB got disconnected from the church. Uh, I don't know a little while ago. A year last year, they severed ties, so we couldn't use we couldn't rent that facility anymore because they were like no moonies here. And then, um, yeah, now we're now we're not we're not connected to UB at all anymore, and we're renting from a school that uh, has a lot of Moonies running it. So it's not it's it's not a church business per se, but it it's a business that has a lot of members in it. So it's kind of a church business. Yeah. So they give us a pretty favorable rate. Um, and nice. So that means that our real estate costs, I think, are far less than the average uh, community. Mm. I think I think real estate are probably one of the top expenses. But for us, really, the top one of the top expenses is another one that you've probably heard of, which is labor, right? I think with any organization, with any nonprofit, with any business, mm-hmm. labor is always going to be your most ex- your biggest expense, and that's certainly true for our financials. All right. Um, you know, pastor's salary, assistant pastor's salary, um, you know, youth pastor, all that kind of stuff. 
Although I think those two have kind of are starting to be combined a little bit. Mm. Uh, you know, late, latest news from Connecticut. Break it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and it, so it's, you know, people, uh, the, the thing about labor is it's, it's something that never really goes down in price. It always goes up, right? You know, people are always uh, needing to get paid. Um, inflation. Whatever the standard of living. Yeah, <laughs> due to inflation. Um, and it's like, how do you, how can you justify cutting, uh, cutting that expense? You can't really, because we already know that our pastor is kind of giving all she can uh, at the price point that she's at. I mean, of course, it's always worth discussion. That's what the council is for, is to discuss and, and review and oversee those things. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how smaller communities do it because you know, what, right. what are they paying the pastors? They for? just don't. They just yeah, the, don't. The, the Norfolk, Virginia community had a, had a, a problem where they were really, it was a long time ago, like uh, 15, 20 years ago. They were oh really upset that the pastor was getting a salary or a stipend because whatever, blah, blah, blah. And so he just said, okay, I'll solve this problem about how much to pay me. Don't. And he just worked for free for until he moved to Las Vegas. I mean, until he retired. <laughs> he retired in Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I think that, yeah, this with smaller communities, they're just, they're just aren't really paid positions because there just isn't mm -hmm. uh, money that could really support that. So do you think that's a problem because people don't tithe or tithe enough or, or, or what? I think so. I think a lot of second gen don't tithe. When I remember in our local community, when I was, I was the kind of the assistant to the pastor, we didn't really have a name for it, but I just kind of did everything he did. And I would collect uh, the tithe all the time. And uh, our second gen didn't put in anything. If they did, it was symbolic, you know, couple mm. of dollar bills or something like that 50 cents um, or you know some good vibes and then uh, <laughs> the older first gen they would they would properly tithe with like a check with like a percentage of whatever they made or whatever like that and um it was really the the first gen that was keeping the church alive and even even though even still some of our first gen members who've left virginia um but know how important their tithe is to this community still tithe to it even though they don't live here anymore Wow. Um, yeah, and that's that's the only way that, you know, the lights are kept on is from um those kind of offerings. Uh and I know that uh in my observation, uh my perspective in, in when I was in Bridgeport, um Connecticut, I did not see the second gen tithe like I saw the first gen. Um often they would just you know, pass on that option or they, again, I would, you know, you'd see them put in a few dollar bills or a five or a 10 or maybe, Ooh, a 20. Mm. But, uh, rarely did were they, I don't, I don't believe they were giving their full 10%. I, I will say, mm -hmm. um, as someone that's been able to kind of look at some of the background numbers, um, a lot of the second gen do tithe, uh, if they, if they're going to tithe, they're going to tithe virtually. Uh, and I know that's the case for me um, oh. is I, I haven't, I, I never carry cash on me. I rarely, I opened my checkbook about two and a half years ago. Um, <laughs> so I just, I never, <laughs> I, I never do anything physical. Where Matthew's uh, hip to it. Venmo, cash app, let's go. Yeah. So I go hey, pal. But, but, but that being said, if you do kind of break down by metrics, um, the, the, 
amount of tithing by the second gen is a topic of like consistent discussion by the financial part of the council because it, it certainly doesn't reflect the um size the segment of the population the number. That, it, that comes from yeah so it's, so it's more than you think but it's it's definitely not really enough <laughs> so the problem with tithing for me is i i always did it right out of good faith when i was you know in my teens and you know early 20s when i was making that good that good good you know making my hard-earned you know waiter tips and stuff like that and i always felt really happy giving to the church but like as of recent i just feel like there's no point right because what it ultimately the church doesn't do anything for me right no one reaches out to me no one no, no one asks me like hey do you want to be involved in this or whatever or checks off on me i'm just living my own life right at this point and it just feels so insignificant in a way that like to tithe right like if i'm at church sure maybe i'll, I'll throw in a 20 whatever is in my wallet right but i, I don't know I, I i'm just more and more frustrated and i like disillusioned with the church that it's like just like i don't feel the the desire or the the heart in it to tithe if it's not if it's that? not if you can't see i mean the you value, said because of... sorry go ahead matt so it's like if you can't see the value then it, it uh, really cuts no it's not that i don't see the value it's just yo i've been putting in the i've been putting money in this bank for a long time mm. where's my return on investment <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> just like give me give me give me a toe give me a finger something you know let me suck on something please <laughs> Well, I think I think um, this is an argument I hear from the first gen. I've heard my whole life, and I, I hear it all the time, especially within my own family. I hear this this explanation given all the time that you know you your tithe is um, you know your money, and it represents you giving of yourself to God and to you know the providence. Uh, yeah, yeah, but and the return that you get from tithing is mm. not, you know, going to be physical necessarily, mm. right? I was always told growing up that the tithe, if you whatever you put in, you'll get back double. And I was mm. like, great. So if I put in a dollar, I'll get back two dollars. And they're like, no, <laughs> no, no. It's like you get back double in like vitality and, you know. Um, spiritual dollars, spiritual love, and whatever, and so sometimes that comes back to you as real money because right, right. somehow God is blessing you in that way. Uh, but other times it's going to come back as you know a kind gesture or the, the something you needed to hear or someone giving you a ride or you know it's like the, it's it's like a kind of investment in karma, and so it gives you like good mm. karma. Mm. Um, and I, I don't I believe think that. that's true. No. <laughs> I think I think that's I don't think that's true. A bunch because, of hocus pocus. Because uh, I was just like, okay, well, I know people. You know, for example, my parents they tithe uh, a minimum ten percent, usually fifteen percent or more. They tithe as much as they can afford. They also donate a ton to a ton of different organizations, like you know, different Christian organizations and whatever. My 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 mom is like you know, subscribe to all of those things. You get those things in the mail and it's like this nickel, if you sent it back to us, you know, it could do this and this and this for all of these children. And it's like, well, you shouldn't have sent it to me then. Why do you say you should keep, keep it for those children? Um, those, my mom does, she sends money back to all of those places. Right. Um, and they're broke and they're struggling like crazy. Mm. Meanwhile, other people that I know, 
don't tithe at all. Uh, they don't believe in the, the hocus pocus spiritual side of the world at all. And apparently God has blessed them with great financial fortune. Wow. And they're just doing great. Like they're just doing fantastic. And they're like big, big middle finger to the Holy spirit and the, and the <laughs> God and God and, and, and love and all that. And uh, they're doing fantastic. And it's like when I, my mom was, you know, on me recently about not tithing. And I was like, well, well explain this. Like, why are, you know, why is my cousin who, who doesn't care at all? Not actually my cousin. Um, but you know, I'm just throwing out. Yeah, yeah. Why is this person I know? Like, I'm not saying like Bill Gates for my example. Bill Gates donates a lot of money, by the way. But you know, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying someone I don't know. I'm saying someone I do know. So, how right. come this person is so financially blessed? If if it's all about this God game, why is God giving <laughs> that person money and not mm-hmm. you guys? Like, I don't understand how this works. And it's like, well, you know, sometimes we get the money back in other ways. I'm like, in what ways? Y'all are suffering. <sighs> well to be fair justin could always go back to the kids right mm. maybe not okay, okay. maybe the blessing yeah. gets passed down sure <laughs> i'm not saying you're wrong i know it sounds like i'm being like yeah whatever i'm not just dis- I'm, I'm i'm not trying to be dismissive it's just i was just kind of and, and her response was mm. well you know those people may be doing well financially, but there are other things. And I'm like, no, that person's very happy. <laughs> they're living <laughs> their best life. Don't tell me that they're depressed or that. No, they're living their best life. They they have never had it better. Like they're fantastic. Uh, and then she was just like, well, maybe down the road. I don't know. <laughs> it's just like, well, where's down the road for you guys? When is that money going to kick back for you guys? Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. My mom's like, well, I'm so blessed. There's all these things. I'm so grateful for it. I'm just kind of like, yeah, okay. I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't, uh. Yeah, no, I feel you. I feel you so so hard. Yeah. I got to admit, I um, I still remember when I was young and I first had someone explain tithing to me. And it was weird because I'd already been tithing until this point. I think, I think that's probably just conditioning. Uh, I knew my parents did it, so kids always ape what their parents do. But someone explained tithing to me. And they, they basically said that, that it's like, you know, you're, you're kind of uh, uh, giving so that God can bless you. And I was incredibly confused by that concept. <laughs> uh, it, it, didn't, it didn't make any sense. <laughs> like, I, I don't mean to bash on anyone's beliefs or anything. I have my own right, beliefs, right, but right. I, was, I was so, I, it took, I couldn't wrap my head around that concept for a very long time. Yeah. Mm. Um, because... Yeah, I guess people are motivated by different things. Right. It's not right. it's like, motivation. It also, I, I just feel like also doesn't that doesn't that make it false? If you're donating because you know God will give you double in return, isn't that backwards? In like God, here, give this to me. You better return on that investment. Yeah, but I better but, receive double. I don't care how, but you better give me a double <laughs> the effort. The other thing that doesn't make sense to me is the the tithing thing around, you know, oh, you've got to give. I just feel like, why does God care about my money? Can't I tithe with service? Can't I give mm. to my community? Can't, yeah, can't, can't I you whatever? And it's like, time? you can do that. You also need to tithe, though. Mm. Like, whatever you do, that's fine. But you also need to tithe. I'm like, okay, uh. okay, okay. What if I don't do any stuff, no service, and I just I just work on Wall Street and I tithe 30%, but I don't do anything with the community. I don't ever even show up to church. I mail my checks in. I mail my tithe. 
I have no, and I just, I go to work and I go home. I go to work and I go, I don't have any <laughs> other life outside of that. Who has more vitality? The guy who donates 5% because that's all he can afford, but donates a lot of his time and love and energy to the foundation, the movement, the church, his community, mm. his family. Who's who's gaining more vitality here? And it's like, but, but why, who's who's to say it's not the same though, Justin? Like, even though the guy might not be, sh- even though the guy is thirty percent, the right, rich right, right. guy, the Wall Street, it's it's no effort. He's not. He's no, not no, 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 effort, no, 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 and the and the and person A who's donating his time and effort, what what's what's not the what's not the time value of money? Maybe his right? money is going a long, long way and having a, a big impact and carrying the movement on his <laughs> shoulders because thirty percent of his you know billion dollar a year salary is is a big deal. <laughs> and I just feel like yeah, I know, but it just just it just doesn't make God sense to me. I just don't feel like that's how. No, 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 no. But, but 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 that's not what we're saying though. We're saying that like I'm I'm saying that they're both equally putting in. An equivalent amount, right? Whether it be in the form of time and effort versus money, right? Money is just a shortcut for for investing time and effort, right? So, is it right to not tithe if you give in all of your time and effort? Who's who's to say it's not? Who's who's gonna who's to say that your your time and effort is inval- invalidating? Well, certainly, your local church community. <laughs> <laughs> They need their money, <laughs> otherwise they they can't you know support their community. Mm. They they can't pay their pastor. They can't have a building. Mm. But isn't yeah, that what I the mean, second gen have been doing? Right. Oh, putting we, in the time we, and effort. Yeah. 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 We're always volunteering. We're always volunteering. We're doing stuff. Right. Yeah. I, I'm just. I'm just. I understand both sides. Like I really do. I really. I I really do. I just also have this emotional aspect of me that's just like. I don't think this this math doesn't add up, guys. Like I don't get how how is it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel oh, you. I feel you. It's 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 a bunch of incorporal stuff. I mean, I'm completely on the idea that you know time and effort spent in real life can substitute time and effort that is money, right? That money represents. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I know when I was younger, like because you know how did I tithe since I was a kid if I didn't actually make almost no money I, I never made regular money and on the, you know i very rarely made any real money uh, <laughs> jobs and stuff um and, you know so until i was like 18 right maybe even after that i wasn't right. really making any money mm. um but i still feel i still claim that i tithe and it's because during those time periods i was like well you know i'm a student at school i'm not making any money off of being a student but that's what eats up all of my time every week but if I was working, let's say I dropped out of school and I was just working all the time, I'd be working a 40-hour week. So that means that if I was tithing 10% of the money I was making, it's like I was working for the church for four hours a week. So that mm. was kind of my decision, my benchmark. I was like, okay, if I'm working for the church in some capacity for four hours a week, I can say that I'm tithing. That's like the equivalent kind of level that we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Um and that was kind of my mindset going into it. Well, then I, I have I have put in overtime and a half <laughs> in, in my local Norfolk church community throughout my whole teenage life. I was in that building all the time. 
Like I remember joking with my pastor at one point, we were looking at all of the different events that we had. Most Mm -hmm. of them I facilitated. And I was like, wow, we have an an event of every day of the week, except for Tuesdays. We had like a Friday night movie night and a Wednesday night Bible study and a Thursday night, this, I don't know, some sort of whatever we had Sunday service. We had the Saturday youth group. We had uh, some sort of Monday morning thingy. And I was just like, we should make a Tuesday thing just so that we can have something happening at the church seven days a week. And he was like, no, 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 no. We, we need to chill. Like it's, there's too much going on right now. Um, you know, mm. I was there. I lived, I lived in that building. I saw that building more than I saw my own house. Uh, metaphorically, not, not actually, but yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, my service abroad, I, I gave definitely more than four hours a week, very consistently, uh, plus actually my own money. So, mm-hmm. um, Where's my blessing, God? <laughs> no, I, I feel I that, struck I feel by that. lightning right now. I guess what what I'm trying to say is like I understand the sentiment of uh, of second gen not wanting to tithe because they tithe so much of their own own time, right? But I think, but there needs to be like a point of critical mass where we do tithe, right? Is that what you're trying to get at, Matthew? Yeah, I mean, I think if you do make money, right? I think uh, you know, unless you're making. I, I had to make a judgment call. I was like, do I think those four hours a week um, uh, is worth is worth enough? Am I getting enough value out of that? Because mm-hmm. that's what I was trying to do. Um, but, you know, once I actually started having a real job and have, making actual money, I was like, well, I think the church can probably use, you know, 10% of that more than my, you know, scrawny arms and, <laughs> and, and bad fashion sense, uh, you know, showing uh, its face for four hours a week. Uh, um, and so at that point I was like, yeah, I think, I think this is of more value uh, as uh, just cordoning off as a tithe, what I consider a tithe. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Something I always thought was kind of funny is if I tithe, if I work for the church and I make money from the church to support my life and I tithe off of that money, it's like, I'm taking my money and giving it back to me. <laughs> it's, it's like, here, I'll take 10% of what I made from the church and I'll put it in the pool, which then goes into my next paycheck. <laughs> like, clever, clever. I just, I just think that's a strange, Big brain. A strange flow there. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that's uh, that's kind of what uh, True Father did, right? <laughs> well, actually, no, True Father never got a salary. He never got, uh, he just... What uh, do you mean he never got a salary? He got all the things in the world that he wanted towards <laughs> the end of his life. Because we gave them to him. He didn't have to ask. <laughs> Except for all those boats he asked for. But those boats, okay, don't worry about those boats. And the helicopter. Don't forget the helicopter. That, that did he ask for the free. helicopter? I don't think he asked for the helicopter. We probably gave it to him. I think he did. I think he did. No, there's no way. All right. Well, the, all right, just email me if True Father asks for the helicopter. I'll put it in the description. <laughs> you can also drop it in the Discord. Mm. I'll put that in the description. Too. Wait, so, but like, tithing isn't a unique thing in our ch- church alone, right? Like, it happens in other places, right? 
Yeah, and uh, you know, it comes from the Christian tradition uh, where people would give basically ten percent of the harvest uh, to the local church and everything. But and there's different types of tithe. I mean, I'm talking specifically about the ten percent income tithe thing that's seen in the Bible and, and everything. Um, that's that's a very specific concept. But yeah, the you know, across all different religions, basically they survive off of donations. Uh, whether or not a religion expects every member in its congregation to give a certain amount. I think that's a bit more uniquely Christian. Like Buddhists tend to, for instance, get offerings uh, for a monks food. to like pray uh, or food. Yeah, you know, to, or, or offerings when the for certain services when they're burying, uh, uh, interning the cremated ashes of uh, dead loved ones and things like that. Um, and uh, I assume that there's a uh, it's kind of similar in Shintoism. I'm kind of basing all of this off of Japan, actually. I don't know about Buddhism in the rest of the world. Um, but yeah, I think the concept of a of a part of your income is probably a bit more uniquely in the Christian Judeo Christian mm-hmm. tradition. There's something that uh, I wanted to touch on. What do you guys think about the wish fulfillment? Oh, wish fulfillment, where you pay money and then, depending on how much money you pay, will increase the likelihood of your wish coming true. I think it depends on the perspective, the way you see it, right? Like if you if you want to donate to the church and you're already going to do it anyway, and you're like, oh, okay, well, might as well get a a, a dope dope wish out of it. Right? I know I know people who've used it because someone in their family was very ill and they wanted to save their life, and so they took all the money they had to buy the most expensive wish because they they felt that that would save their life. And uh, how, I don't remember how much the the biggest wish is, but it's not that cheap. I thought it was like twelve hundred. Yeah. So I just feel like that money could have been a lot more helpful to literally serve the person who's <laughs> sick because they are super broke, can't afford treatment. Obviously, it wouldn't pay for their treatment in whole, but it's certainly not nothing. Mm. Uh, it just broke my heart. I just felt like feels kind of like a like a scam i don't know right yeah because i think that the money that they they use i think the wish fulfillment money that they get directly funds champion in some sort of way in some sort of percentage and i just feel like all the construction that they do and the, all the remodeling that they do like the cafe on the on the lake i heard that they they remodeled that thing like three times in the span of like six months wow like, like the like like interior like up and down like the walls the four, everything, three times, three whole times. They just, just couldn't make up their mind, huh? Yeah, so I, I just feel like that's such a waste of money. It's so bad. Uh, I, I don't know. I think depending on the way you cut it and the way you, you think it, like, I, I'm kind of indifferent to it. I just I, I just think if you're smart and you're level-headed, I think you shouldn't, you know, fall for um i just i just i can't understand for For me it's it's i understand if it would be like i don't know if it was you do a condition or something like that but the idea of like yes give your money to god and he'll make your wish come true i just feel like that's not how god works and if it is we're screwed (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh like i don't know Ah, okay. I don't know if you're. I don't. What are you paying? Absolute good ancestors or angels or something to to do the do do the heavy lifting to do the dirty work? Then why do they want my money? They can't use it unless what I was told was wrong. That 
you don't bring anything with you to the spirit world? Maybe you do. Apparently they want my money pretty bad. (laughs) (laughs) So I just, it's just something, something about it just is a little fishy. Don't click right with me. Feels, Mm. feels a little fraudulent. Uh, (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. If someone can, can give us a clear reason why it works and why money has to be a part of it. I'd love to hear it. Yep. I mean, as someone who gives to Chun Bo Wan uh, and those kind of a lot of those Chun Pyong ancestor liberation, uh, more spiritual, uh, uh, almost indulgence like uh, indulgences, I think that the Catholic Church, where they paid money to liber- uh, help the souls of the dead, uh, almost indulgent like practices, uh, mm-hmm. I can give you a, a, my reasoning as to why I'm thinking about those. But that being said, I, I'm kind of yeah, I'm I'm not familiar with the wish papers actually. That's kind of a new thing to me. No, it's um, it's so, been around for the last ten twelve years. Yeah, I guess I'm just out of the loop. Uh, yeah, and then um. No, and so, the, yeah, it would be very really similar with Catholic indulgences, but it's the indulgences back in the day uh, where you pay to get rid of your sin, basically. That's what the whole premise was. Uh, that's that's kind of the propaganda. If you want to get really specific about it, what the exact doctrine is, is if you have a um, you have loved ones that are in purgatory, the, ca- the uh-huh. Catholic doctrine of purgatory. So it's before uh-huh. they've gone to heaven or hell, the, the basically... Um, suffering and, and and atoning so they can get into heaven. Uh, and if you want to limit the amount of time that they spend in purgatory, uh, you can pay the Catholic Church, pay an indulgence in order to uh, limit that time and get them into he- fast track them to heaven is basically the idea. Um, mm. And it kind of morphed from that. That was the basic original idea. And I think it kind of morphed from that based on crusades and everything. Uh, it could also, crusades were like, that was like, we'll, we'll redeem your sins from what I understand mm. uh, by going on a crusade. Uh, but I, I'm sure that there was probably a lot of overlap in the minds of the actual people doing it. So, mm. sorry, I, I'm getting I'm getting boring. I just realized. No, you're fine. No, 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 no. I my I made a face, but my face wasn't being bored. I was just like, mm, money corruption in churches is is as old as history. <laughs> That's do, not what you... Matthew said, but that was my takeaway. <laughs> Do you think on a local level your money is being used properly? Uh, well, uh, as a council member, I feel like I have to say yes. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> I'm urging my own review abilities. <laughs> yeah, but but then you like, saying yes doesn't make it, you know what I'm saying? It makes it tricky. It makes it tricky. It, if I say no, then I'm going to be on a trial in like a month where someone's <laughs> like, hey, you know, you reviewed all these expenses and you said that it's not being spent correctly. What do you say to that, Mr. Breland? <laughs> What do you know that the records don't show? What do you know? What do you know? Okay, well, you, 20% of the budget goes to Taco Tuesday. Me and the boys. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Well, at, uh, Matthew, could you wrap it up for our audience? What should what? What is the takeaway of this conversation? Money is always a tricky thing. And to kind of tie back to the initial thing that we first got into, uh, you know, it's hard for even a family to talk about it. It's especially hard for people to talk about it with religion, for sure. Mm. But I don't know. We, we all, everyone has to make their own decision and navigate things according to their own conscience. I think that's what we're really seeing here, right? Everyone is kind of looking at all these different practices, looking at how much they give, how they give, whether it be through service, the money or some other way. 
And, you know, we look at the reality of the situation on the ground for a second gen and also what the lack of money, what dangers that brings to our, uh, to our entire national foundation. We really got to take responsibility over your own life. I mean, you can't just be a medieval, you know, Christian peasant in Germany who just can't read the Bible and donates 10% of their crop to the local bishop for indulgences uh, because he doesn't know any better. Um, mm. You know, we have to look at all the facts on the table, how valuable money can actually be, um, how valuable our, our own effort can actually be, and make a decision on what we think is right and just. Mm. Yeah. 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 You know, on a, and, you know, on a uh, side note, uh-huh. I think it'd be dope if uh, all the local regions, like, propped up their own businesses so that they sustain themselves and that they're not relying so heavily on tithes, but just me. Also based on our conversation, only 10% of your local community tithe is actually going to headquarters. So when your local pastor starts saying, Hey, headquarters is really struggling. We need you to tithe more. Don't do that. If you really want to make a difference, send it straight to headquarters. Well, you know, it, it's kind of funny. I mean, this is, I think this is probably a minority thing. And I, I don't mean to extend the episode too long. But when I learned about that, how much of our of our budget was actually going to national headquarters, I actually felt an extreme amount of guilt um, in my own heart about all of that. Because Why? it did feel like my tithe mostly benefited me, right? Or, or at least benefited people I loved, right? Yeah. People I cared about. Like, you know, the tithe is something that is supposed to be a way of trying to solve the the, the human condition, right? Of ending suffering in the world. Uh, you know, if you believe in what the church is trying to do, and if you believe they're the best people to do God's will, which I think is a very, I think that's a very legitimate criticism is whether or not they are the actual best course to make that happen but if you believe that which i do um and then you find out that 90 percent of what you're giving is not really helping the world but just helping you i mean i get that our strong local community the the the, the justification is our strong local community is a critical part of that mission and a critical yeah. part of god's will but it does feel i do feel a little bit of you know a little bit of guilt around that yeah um I see that. <laughs> I know that's kind of a weird angle on it, but I, I wonder if other people have felt the same way. Mm. I'm sorry that we didn't get enough time to talk about um, offerings, like uh, when what? when they do those like True Mother love offering kind of thing, where it's like, oh, True Mother's asked everyone to donate three thousand dollars to to blank. You know, please do the best that you can, and then every community tries to to fundraise as much as they can, donate as much as they can to this. This thing that Tremother is asking for, um, I, I have a lot of thoughts on that. I don't really know that uh, we should go into it, but um, oh, dude, hmm? on that topic, to? on that topic, Justin, what do you? How did you feel about paying money for the blessing? Oh gosh, Our, I think we might have to do a part two, guys. We can do a part two. I'm down to do a part two. We can do a part two, but. That's that's a whole can of beans, baby. <laughs> we, you know, we don't have time to open that can here in this episode. All right. I, I've opened piece by piece in other episodes, but uh, yeah, we can do a part two. 
All right. Thank you, you guys a, for. Do you want a part? <laughs> yeah, no. Did you go go on the Discord? Let us know. Yeah, you, there's you got... so there's so much more to talk about when it comes to this money, and uh, yeah, I'm really glad that we have Matthew, who is uh, uh, relatively well well versed in this. Is not guessing like uh, me and Toya are. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Speculating. Speculating yeah. is the proper word. Uh, rampant I'm speculation. Sure I'm sure there are a lot of there's gonna be a lot of stuff about different things I, I got off the mark after this episode. <laughs> it's all it's all good. Hey guys, yeah, thank, thank you. <laughs> thank you guys for listening. This has been Luna Stream. Uh don't forget to check out us on Discord, Instagram email us at Lunastreampodcasts at gmail.com. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh Matthew, take it away. Yeah, hey, pl- uh, pleasure having you all here and uh, being a host, even though I uh, probably fell a bit short in that regard. Thank you for picking up the slack, Toya. And uh, <laughs> never, never, get a, never get a holiday. Um, and yeah, please, uh, I guess we could say, uh, end it on an ah. Uh... Uh...